together with brothers and sisters for times such as this. This is, this is glorious to me. To be able to gather together with brothers and sisters and, and share the Word and share testimony of His, His great love and what He has done and to encourage one another. Oh, I need this. And, and as, as children of God, we need this. We need to be together with, with uh, other children of God. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as has become the habit of some. Because we need it. We need to gather together. Today, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning to the book of James. The book of James. First chapter. Two weeks ago, we we began uh, by looking at a passage uh, from James, the first chapter. I know we have uh, some visitors with us today, but you'll not be left behind. Uh, we will pick right up, and and it all uh, should blend together. God's word will will pick itself back up and and fill in the gaps. and And so we're going to go to James, the first chapter. This is uh, the portion that we read a couple of weeks ago, verses two through four. I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let let us pray once again. Heavenly Fathers, we come to your word. Lord, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And perhaps most of all, what we are not, make us. For Christ's sake and in His name I pray. Amen. Now yesterday, as I was sitting in my office and I was looking over some old notes and from where we had looked at the book of James before and, and uh, I brought up and was trying to keep uh, tabs on emails and things. And, and uh, one of the things that came up in my email was uh, John Piper's daily devotional, perhaps some of you get it, called Solid Joys. And, and this was what was yesterday. And I just want to read it. Uh, the title of it was Suffering That Crushes Faith. Suffering That Crushes Faith. And he began with Mark 4. And let's, let's look at verses 16 and 17. So I'm, I'm quoting both Scripture and uh, from here on out, this, this is from John's devotion. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. John goes on, the faith of some is broken instead of built by suffering. I just want to read that again. The faith of some is broken instead of built by suffering. Jesus knew this and described it here in the parable of the four soils. Some people who hear the word receive it at first with gladness, but then suffering makes them fall away. So affliction does not always make faith stronger. Sometimes it crushes faith. Now let me pause there and interject. Why would it crush it? Well, one of two things. Either a moment of weakness in a child of God, or that faith was a counterfeit faith. It wasn't true faith. So affliction does not always make faith stronger. Sometimes it crushes faith. And then come the true and paradoxical words of Jesus in Mark 4.25. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. 
This is a call for us to endure suffering with firm faith in future grace so that our faith might grow stronger and not be proved vain. Then he quotes 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Well, what's believing in vain? Well, that, well that's, that's you received. Oh, you heard something? Oh, that sounds good to me. Yes, sign me up. And there's no thought of, of brokenness over sin. There's no thought of any of that. It's just, it's just an outward expression. There's no root. There's no root. Let me continue with John. Knowing God's design in suffering is one of the main means of growing through suffering. If you think your suffering is pointless or that God is not in control, or that He is whimsical or cruel, then your suffering will drive you from God instead of driving you from everything but God as it should. That's good, isn't it? That's good. Knowing, I'm going to read it again. Knowing God's design and suffering is one of the main means of growing through suffering. If you think your suffering is pointless, or that God is not in control, or that He is whimsical or cruel, then your suffering will drive you from God instead of driving you from everything but God as it should. So it is crucial that faith in God's grace includes the faith that He gives grace through suffering. End quote. I thought that was great. And... We we could end right there and say amen, and and we would have word for today, <laughs> but we're not going to. In this world, we will have trouble, trials, and tribulations. Jesus said it. I want to read it again, just just to review John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus talking. These things I have spoken to you that in me. You may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus knew that his followers would face many trials and tribulations. He knew that. But he taught us that when we are in the midst of the tribulation, we can have peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that only comes to those who fully recognize that Jesus has overcome the world. That recognize that Jesus is our source of strength. That He is our rock of refuge in the midst of the storm of the trial and tribulation that we may be facing. Trials are for our good. Do you believe that? Say, I, Scotty, I, we talked about that before the service. Until we can come to that realization that trials are for our good, we're going to be on a roller coaster ride of ups and downs, despair and gladness and despair. And we're going to be all over the place until we come to the point of knowing that every trial that crosses our plate has been allowed to come across our plate by the providential hand of God. And if God is in control, He has a reason. He has a reason for the, the trial that we may be facing. And so may, may we not be children. May we mature in our faith. Not be tossed to and fro by every wind of, can I say this, of trial and tribulation. Can I put it that way? To, to not be just all over the place. The, the testing of our faith, I talked about this two weeks ago, is not for God's benefit. He's not testing us so that He knows if our faith is real. He already knows. He is testing us so that we might know that our faith is real. 1 Peter 1, verse 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, 
you have been grieved by various trials. And I know I say this often when we read, we read this, but who is the one determ- who determines if need be? It's God. So he's the, he's the one that knows what we need. See, often we, we know what we want, but very often we don't know what we need. And God does. And sometimes we need a trial in our life. Why? Verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Another verse we read a couple weeks ago. I think this is very good. It's Isaiah 48, verse 10. Behold, I have tested you. Behold, I have refined you but not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Tested so that we might know that our faith is genuine. That we might know that we indeed possess saving faith. See, will we be able to endure? Endure the trial that will come our way. See, there's the question this morning. Will we be able to endure or will we be as the ones that Christ talked about in in Mark 4. Fall away. Because our faith was not real. But then when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. James talks about enduring through trials and tribulations and temptations in, in verse 12. In James 1. This this is where we're getting to today. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved. He will receive the crown of life. Which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now you can keep looking there. Let me read uh, from the NESB. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. ESV. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Blessed is. A term we hear quite often in in the book of Psalms, and, and perhaps we may remember more, blessed is the words of Christ in, in the Beatitudes, and, and so here it is almost as though, remember who James is. James, the half-brother, I'll put it that way, of, of Jesus Christ himself that is writing this. And so here it's Jesus, we had the Beatitudes, and now here, here James, it, it's almost as though he's giving us a Beatitude. Blessed is the one who remains steadfast under trial. The one who endures through trials. And again, that's that's the question. That's the question before us today. When trials come, will we endure, will we persevere, or will we fall away? But preacher, what are these trials? Tell tell me exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, here's what James said. He said they're varied. They're multicolored. They come in many different ways. And he did, he doesn't get specific except in one spot he did. If we go back and look at verses 9 through 11, because he did mention the poor and the rich. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away, for no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls and its beautiful appearance perishes so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits where does he find in his joy his happiness in his possessions in his things see, see here we have people at both ends of of the spectrum financially or and perhaps even on the social ladder and for both there's an opportunity for trial for both there's an opportunity for faith the poor, see, see what would be the trial for the poor? Well, despairing in the midst of poverty. What about the rich? Becoming proud and haughty because of their riches. 
trusting in their will. And in, in both cases, they should be looking to Jesus, knowing, as we said earlier in, in, in the song service, knowing that this world is not our final resting place. And that for both the rich and the poor, their earthly status is temporary. Do we understand that? I hope we do. Our riches are being laid up where? In heaven. In heaven. But, but, other than, but other than that, James does not get specific about trials. Too many to list. Amen? Too many to list. They are wide-ranging. They're in every scope. And everyone faces trials. Everyone in here right now, from the youngest to the oldest, faces trials. And I say youngest to oldest, just, just in the midst of being young and being old, there's, there's trials that come with those categories, don't they? See, the young ones here are dealing with the trials of growing up. And I'm just going to say this, you're young and immature. I'm just going to say it. Because you don't have the experiences of life yet. And even as I said that, some of you are thinking, why is that old man up there telling me I'm immature? What does he know? And if you thought that, you have proven my point. Okay? And perhaps someday you will understand as you grow older, as you face more circumstances of life, as you mature, hopefully, in your faith. And I would say this to the younger ones here. Don't think it odd to seek counsel from older, wiser people. That, that's just good. That's just good. Because believe it or not, once I was a teenager, at one time, it's, it's been many, <laughs> many, many years ago, but once I was a teenager, Barb and I, we lived through the 60s and, and the early 70s. Crazy stuff was going on in, in this country. And so we have seen quite a lot and, and, and we have experience that we can go back on. A lot of it is experiences is don't do what we did because that was a mistake. And so always don't think it odd to seek after wise counsel from those older. And now, even for some that are really young, that, that are really young, they're, they're going through the trials of, of just trying to learn that there are consequences to disobedience. You see, they're just trying to learn the rules. They're just trying to get through the day without getting spanked. Right? Some are. And, and some don't really care. <laughs> but, 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 but for everyone, regardless of how old they are, uh, there, there's trials. For the older, and, and I know Barbara and I are not the oldest couple in here today. <laughs> No, no. I see a couple back in the back there. I'm not going to mention names that, that they're older than us, but uh, but but we we deal with with trials just because of our age, don't we? Because things just don't work the way they used to, and it's just a matter of the passing of time, and, and that's just and that's just a part of the trial that just just with just with age, either being young or being old. There's a trial associated with both aspects of age. There are trials. Let me go through a list. I found this in some old notes. I thought this was good. Maybe it's not, but I thought it was. There are trials of no job, the same job, a new job. There are trials of not having a spouse, the trial of having a spouse. The trials of not having children, the trials of having children. The trial the trial of being an only child, the trial of having many siblings. These trials are all kinds of trials. And a trial or a test that has been granted by God, I hope we can come to understand it, it's for our good and ultimately for His glory. For His glory. It is for our good to grow us, to mature us in our faith. And again, I'm going to keep coming back to, to test our faith that we might 
know that our faith is real and genuine. I'm going to keep coming back to that. That's the importance of this. There are some who will try to escape from the trial. Well, what do you mean, try to escape? As soon as anything becomes difficult, the tendency is just to run. Change jobs, change homes, change churches, change locations, change schools, change spouses. Try to blot out the trial with drugs or alcohol. Things have gotten tough, and the only way to deal with it is to make a run for it, at least in their mind. But no, no. What what does that say of your faith if you were even claiming faith and did any of those things? What's that saying of your faith? It's either it is a very little faith, if, if at any at all, or perhaps what you thought was saving faith is not saving faith at all. That we should not run away from trials but go through the trial with the Lord. Go through the trial. Not run away, but run onward with the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. Amen? And and the the thoughts were coming to me of that, that old hymn that we've sung from time to time, Onward Christian Soldier, that we would continue on. Keep keep pressing on. Not running away, but running forward with with the Lord and with His help. Uh, running with endurance and perseverance, the race that is set before us. Let's read that in Hebrews 12, first two verses. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us now let us pause there for a minute let that sink in and and here's that opportunity to take a little personal inventory are there things in my life that are nothing more than a weight upon me that is hindering my spiritual growth is there sin in my life that is hindering my relationship with the lord well let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and do what? And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that is, if our faith was real, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And Lord willing, next Sunday, if if it's next Sunday, we'll be coming back to that right there again, who for the joy, a joy, we're going to keep talking about joy and, and what that will look like in the life of a believer. So may we purpose of heart to hold on no matter what may come. To hold on to Him. Because if we are His, we know He's holding on to us. Amen? He's holding on to us. That He will never leave us nor forsake us. That He will work all things together for good to those who love Him. If we keep looking to Him, what we will find is that perseverance in the face of trials is not only profitable or possible, but it is profitable. And I don't mean financially. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about building our faith or maturing our faith. That as we mature in our faith, those little tests, those little trials that come our way that once almost capsized our ship won't do that any longer because we have learned, we have learned, we have learned that He is faithful. And we have learned to put our trust in Him. You see, it's when trials come that we find out if the professions of our faith, these testimonies and verses that we've read, talking about the grace of God and the peace of God and the secure providence of Almighty God, we're going to find out if those verses and those thoughts really mean anything. 
when the world's all as it should be and the sun is shining down on me and I've got my little memory verse and, and all is well because things are going well. But then when the trials come, what happens? What happens? It's when the trials come that we have the opportunity to find out if the profession of our lips is matched by the experience of our lives, our living, our response. Will our, will our profession during the good times also match our behavior in the tough times, in the time of testing? Those times when the sun's shining down on me, or will it still be steadfast and sure on the road marked with suffering? We were saying that this morning. And there's pain in the offering. I want to read another devotion. This was from Charles Spurgeon. This is from his morning and evening devotion. And this was on uh, 2 Corinthians 12.9. You can go ahead and put that up. Uh, this is where the Lord said to the Apostle Paul, And he said to me, he is the Lord, the me is Apostle Paul, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Charles wrote this at the beginning of this devotion, quote, He who would glorify his God must set his account upon meeting with many trials. And I hope you're still with me. I hope you're still listening. Now listen. Now listen. He who would glorify his God must set his account upon meeting with many trials. No man can be illustrious before the Lord unless he unless his conflicts are many. If then yours be a much tried path, rejoice in it, because you will the better show forth the all-sufficient grace of God. As for his failing you, never dream of it. Hate the thought. The God who has been sufficient until now should be trusted to the end. End quote. Trusting God to the end. Persevering to the end. Not falling away or fading away when the trial comes, but enduring. That, that's, you, you want to know if you're truly saved or not? The, the real evidence will be this. You will persevere to the end. That's the evidence. Yes, we, we, we know because the Holy Spirit indwells us and the Holy Spirit lets us know that we are His. But, but perhaps the most true sign of saving faith would be endurance, perseverance. Not to say that, that we won't have times where we stumble. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect all the time. But the true believer that has true saving faith the Lord will come for them. The Lord will pick them up. He will put them back on the right path. And they will continue on. They will endure. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be what? Saved. Endurance. To the end. So may we endure persevering Remaining steadfast under trial. Persevere to the end. Now, I, I want to go back to, to James 1, verse 12. So let's transition there. Keep in mind what Christ has just said. Now in James 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who loved him. Now keep that there. I, I want to read... Uh, from the ESV, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will see the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. The, 
This is all the same wording that, that Paul used in exhorting Timothy. Now let's go to 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. This is Paul, the word to Timothy. Be diligent to present yourself approved. There's that word. Approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Present yourself approved to God. Approved after testing. The one who has endured to the end and has the seal of God's approval upon his life because he has enduring, steadfast faith. For when he has stood the test, how long will the test last? Well, he goes on to say, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. So let me ask this question. When, child of God, will you receive your crown of life? It's my understanding when we're gone from here and we're with Him, that's when we will receive our crown of life. While we're yet here, don't don't get confused, don't take me wrong here, at the moment we are saved, we have eternal life from that point forevermore. Some of it is yet in this body walking around this, on this earth, and then the rest will be with Him. But from that moment, that, that's, that's how I see it, from that moment we are saved, the true born again, Eternal life, everlasting life, from that moment forward. Some here on earth, the rest with Him in glory. Receive the crown of life. So this test, or the series of various tests, will last the duration of our life on earth. Thanks for reminding me of that, preacher. (laughs) Yeah, because I can almost hear... A sarcastic voice going, well, that's good news. It is good news. It is good news. When you endure to the end, you will know that your faith is real. You will know that you will receive the crown of life. You will know that the Lord will welcome you into everlasting glory, saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. It it is good news. The Lord said to the church at Smyrna in Revelation 2, Revelation 2, verse 10, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. What was He telling them? Trials are coming. Don't fear though. Don't fear. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be, what? Tested. Is this a theme throughout Scripture? Yes, it is. The devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Now there, let them know how many days it's going to last. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. When do they get the crown of life? Upon death, entering into heavenly kingdom and the crown of life. Be faithful until when? Until death. Faithful to the end. Persevering to the end. Enduring faith through saving faith will endure until death to the end. But in the time that we remain here on this earth... May we come to count it all joy when we fall into various trials because we know that God is faithful in allowing the trial into our lives and that the trial is ultimately again for our good and for His glory. Let's go and read again uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Now li- listen to the Word. Listen to the Word of God. This is the Apostle Paul. Therefore, we do not lose heart. See, knowing that God is faithful, knowing that He has brought me through every trial in the past and He will bring me through every trial in my future, knowing that He is faithful, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man 
So I believe this is talking the the uh, the outward man. That's this body of flesh. The the inward man is the spiritual man inside the born again believer. Even though our outward man is perishing, this old body, and I'm finding that out as I get older, it's not getting better. It's it's deteriorating. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. His mercies are new every morning, you see. Let's keep going. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now here, let me pause there. Which is but for a moment. A moment. A moment. Here, I've told you that these trials will last the rest of your life and, and some immediately went into despair. Don't do that because we know this from the Word that this life is but a what? A vapor. We're, we're going to blink our eyes. <laughs> some of you younger ones, you're going to blink your eyes and then you're going to be my age. And it's going to go by quick. Uh, I, I've told the story. My mother lived to be 96. And, and uh, while she could still have good conversation even at 96. And she said, you know, Randy, it just seems like yesterday that I was playing with my brothers and sisters up in the holler behind the old house at 96. Well, let's get back. Did I finish that? I didn't, did I? Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment... Because life is but a vapor. It's but for a moment. It's doing what? It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. (laughs) While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. What are the things that are seen? You open your eyes, you're looking at it right now. And it's also the trials and tribulations that come in life. What's the things that are not seen? The heavenly things. The spiritual in the heavenly places. By faith we hold on during trials this temporary, temporary, momentary light affliction because we know that soon we will have a far more exceeding weight of glory. Andrew Murray, some of you know him as the author that wrote many books of prayer. Some of you were were with us years ago when we went through his little book, With Christ in the School of Prayer, and he made this entry in his journal uh, upon entering into a trying time. If I'm remembering right, I believe he was mugged and, and beaten, uh, and, and, and that night he wrote this. So, so keep that in mind. He had just been out in an evening. I don't know if he had just been to a service and was coming back home. He was mugged. He was robbed. He was beaten. And here's what he says. This is what he put in his journal that night. Quote, In my experience of trial, I will say this. First, God brought me here. It is by His will that I am in this tough place In that fact, I will rest. So what's he saying? He's saying God's in control. God has allowed this into my life. Next, God will keep me here in his love and give me the grace to behave as his child. That's that's good, isn't it? When we look to him, he will give us grace and we'll be able to act and respond as his child. Next, then... God will make the trial a blessing, teaching me the lessons He intends me to learn and working in me the grace He means to bestow. And lastly, God in His good time can, if He chooses, bring me out again, how and when only He knows. And if you condense that down, I am here by God's appointment. I am in His keeping. I am under His training. I will continue in it for His time. If you condense it down, there it would be. For every trial that you may go through, 
for every situation of life that, that, that you may think is so tough, come back and remember these things that, that Andrew Murray thought of after having a very rough day. I am here by God's appointment. I am in His keeping. I am under His training. And I will continue in it for His time. And what Andrew Murray wrote so eloquently in his journal, a man named Andre Crouch wrote it in song. And I looked it up and it was 50 years ago. He, he, he wrote uh, the song Through It All. Uh, I think I, I looked at it right in, in 1971. Uh, Andre passed away, I think, six years ago. And some of you know the song. Uh, can you put the words up to through it all there? Maybe we see if we, you can help me sing it, if I can get her going here. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Let's do verse 2. So I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. You know, if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know my God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. So I sing through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. That's a good song. And I got sung a lot back in the day. I thank God for the mountains. I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. See, to come to an attitude such as that, knowing that He will make the trial a blessing, I want to read James 1, verses 2 through 4 one more time. I'm going to read that this time from the ESV. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Now, I want to go back and read one more time in 1 Peter 1, 6-9. In this you greatly rejoice. Now, I'm going to let you do this. If you're taking notes there, just put that First Peter 1, 6 through 9, and then put yourself a little note. Go back and read the first five verses. Don't do it right now. There, there's your homework. Do that later, and you're going to see why Peter is greatly rejoicing. Okay? In this, in what he has just said in the first five verses, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Why? That the, te that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, 
Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The end of your faith. When does that come? The end of life. So what's it talking about? Endurance, endurance, endurance. And here's how I want to, here's how I'm going to leave it today. I want to go back and just that though now you do not see him yet believing. Yet believing. There's, there it is. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? And you may say, well, yes, uh, yeah, I, uh, once upon a time I went forward and yeah, I signed a card and I did a lot of things. And well, here I'm going to ask you this: was that was that real, or was that just a little something you went through to because a bunch of friends went forward, or because someone, well-meaning someone, just said, "Well, here, just repeat this little prayer," and you just off the top of your head just repeated a prayer with no thought of repentance, no thought of brokenness over sin, no thought of any of that? Do you believe? Were you ever at that point where you truly believed that you were a sinner? And that apart from a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that your destination was hell? Have you come to that point where, you know, we sang the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Was there ever a time in your life when you know without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord opened your eyes to see Him? And in seeing Him, the holiness of God, you immediately saw your sin. Were you ever at that place? Do you believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth that He created to, to pay the penalty for sin? That was yours? Is your faith an enduring faith that will stand the test of trials? See, that, that's what this is about. Is it an enduring faith? True belief in Jesus Christ, true saving faith will endure to the end of the salvation of your soul. See, and that, that's what I want for everyone to know without a shadow of a doubt that they possess. Do you believe? John 3, verses 14 through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Lifted up. Talking about being lifted up on a cross. Why? Why would He come to do that? That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Shall not perish, shall not wither and fall away and be thrown into the fire. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting, have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the, but that the world through Him might be saved. And again, I'll ask this question. Saved? Saved from what? Saved from the wrath of God that will one day come upon all unbelievers in judgment. Verse 18, He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So do you see how important that question is? How simple it is, but how important it is, do you believe? Jesus came to this earth to be the perfect sacrificial lamb to give his life a ransom for many to pay in full the penalty of sin for all those who believe. So by faith, there's the call. Believe and receive Jesus Christ. Confess that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Repent of your sins and turn and follow Him for the rest of your life. Endure to the end. And let's end with Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. Well, what do I do? What do I do? Here it is, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we give you thanks for your word. And a a word such as today, Lord, I know it's it's a call for self-examination. It's a call for us to all examine how we have responded to the trials of life that have come to us perhaps recently. Did I respond? Did we respond as a true believer should? And we know that we stumble and we fail. But we also know that You are patient and kind, long-suffering. And, and we also know, as we have studied in Your Word, that if, if we fail the test, You are gracious and kind in allowing a very similar test to come along again so that we might learn. And so, Lord, as we continue in this life to go through various trials, Lord, help us all to learn the lessons that we need to learn. Help us to grow in our faith Help us to to know that You are faithful. That You are always there. That You will never leave us nor forsake us. Regardless of the trial we may be facing, You are there with us. That You will go through it with us. That You will be our shelter in the midst of the storms of life. So Lord, remind us of Your great love. And Father, should there be someone either here or listening to this sermon at a later time, that is yet lost. I pray, Lord, that You would perform a miracle of salvation that only You can do. I pray that You would open their eyes that they might see You and in turn see their sin and in seeing You remember the words that they have heard in talking about Jesus Christ and of Him giving Himself on the cross as a payment, as a ransom, as a rescue for sinners. So Father, open eyes. Shine light into a dark place. Grant faith that they might believe. Grant them repentance that they may confess their sin, repent, turn from their sin, and follow You all the days of their life. So Father, Help us to have enduring faith that we might endure to the end and receive the crown of life that awaits. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.